Welcome to the Maximizing Outcomes Podcast, brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Achieving bigger and better results with money, family, and business isn't about creating a bigger to-do list for yourself. It's about who can help you create results without you having to do all the work. Listen as we provide uncommon perspectives, powerful resources, and experienced people that can help you maximize outcomes in your life. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to Maximizing Outcomes with Jim McGovern. Jim, good to be back with you. How are you? Eric, it's great to be back as always and uh, excited for today's topic. Yeah, so what are we talking about? So today we're going to be talking about uh, cash flow, but more importantly, how to protect your cash flow. Uh, this, when you think about it, is the most important financial resource that you have, is the cash flow that you bring in each and every year. Mm-hmm. And, and we live our lives based on cash flow. It's what we use to spend. We use that to save money for the future. We invest it. We perhaps give money away. We pay down our debts. So cash flow is so critical. We just want to talk about how to protect it against some of the biggest threats that you face. Okay, so let's talk about those threats. What do you what do you mean by that? Well, I want to talk about the threat to income if you have a change to your health. And just to set the stage for this, I want everybody who's listening to just think of their last paycheck. Like picture the amount of money you received, picture the date that you received it, and think about how important that money is to you and your family. And just think for a moment, what if that last paycheck was the very last paycheck you ever earned in your entire life? Like, would that cause problems in your world? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think for most people, the answer is yes. And if you're thinking, yes, if I, my last paycheck was the end, um, then this episode is for you. So we're going to talk about how to protect your paycheck in the event that you experience a change to your health. And some of the things that people, I think, assume about things like disability insurance, we're going to go through what it really does, what it really means, and uh, some of the myths that are out there for it. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's not fun to imagine. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> that one hurts. That one that hurts one a little hurts. bit. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, that's, I mean, I think anybody kind of goes into panic mode in that scenario because if you haven't, you know, planned like I think most of us, uh, I don't know that I have a good plan. That's for sure. Um, if that was my very last one, I'm now I'm married, and so that's a little bit different because my wife brings in a paycheck. Uh, but imagine our our finances getting cut in half at least. You That's know. right. Oh, yeah, in most households where there's there's two spouses working, I mean, you, you really depend up depending on both paychecks. So mm-hmm. it's not like one is just uh, you know irrelevant. I mean, I didn't think both paychecks are relevant. So we're going to talk about what happens when those uh, when those paychecks stop, whether it's permanent or temporary. Okay. So, well, we're going to cover both permanent or temporary. So which one do you want to tackle first? Well, let's just talk about what causes paychecks to stop in the first place, because okay. this can be for a variety of reasons. I I think of things like job changes. Job changes, especially if they're not voluntary, they can hurt. You know, if you suddenly lose your job, uh, that, that certainly impacts the family, impacts the cash flows, impacts everything. But at least a job change tends to be temporary in nature. You know, whether it's you're out of work for a couple of weeks or even a couple of years, there's that ability to go back out in the workforce and find another job. But there's two other instances where pay can stop completely and it may never come back. You know, one would be death. So I used to joke around and say that, you know, dead people don't go back to work, but they still get to vote. That used to be funny back in the day. Not so funny anymore. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the, the threat of income stopping because of death in a different episode. But today we're going to talk about the number one reason why income can stop for a very long period of time. And that's a change to your health. And this is not just uh, number one 
um, just in my opinion. There's actually a lot of statistics to back this up. And this is something that I think is, again, the least understood. And when most people say, oh, I have disability insurance through work for this, I just find that most people have no idea how their policy really works, and they don't know how, how little coverage they actually have. That's why we wanted to spend time in today's episode. Yeah. And, and and going back to that first thing that you said is, you know, involuntary work stop, meaning you've lost your job or maybe the business that you were with. And a lot of people experienced that during the pandemic where businesses shut down. Um, there's a stopgap measure there with unemployment, right? I mean, you, you can still get mm-hmm. a paycheck, quote unquote, not, not very much, but at least some money to help you out. But with a disability, you don't get that. You don't get unemployment for that as far as I know. That's right. And it's a it's a big unknown as far as are you going to recover? If so, when's it going to happen? Uh, what are the other costs that crept up in your life because of that health change? So this is a pretty serious issue. Okay, let's so let's define what the disability is in, in this context. So disability what we're talking about here, this is a change to your health. So this could be a sickness or it could be an injury that impacts your ability to work. Okay. okay. So a lot of times we talk about disability. I think the picture in most people's minds is they think of somebody who is in a hospital bed. They think of somebody who's in a wheelchair as a result of some kind of an accident or an injury. That's not really the case. I mean, that certainly can be uh, something that impacts somebody. We certainly see instances like that, but more often than not, a disability is illness related. And it doesn't mean you can't do your job at all. It just might mean that you're not as productive as you used to be. Maybe you can't work full time. Maybe you can't do all the job duties that you used to do. So eventually that starts to hit your income. So we want to make sure that you have a game plan in place that if your health impacts your income at all, ideally we want cash flow to continue to come in uninterrupted. So ideally a hundred percent of what you used to make before the health event occurred, we want that to come in even if your if your health changes. Yeah. I mean that's you got enough on your mind, right? I mean, that's all there is to it. Yeah. It's it's something that um you know, most people don't think they wake up in the morning and go, this is going to happen to me today. That's just not the way our brains are wired to work, but it does happen. And when it, when it happens, it's usually out of the blue, it comes out of nowhere and life changes profoundly because it's not, it's not really an individual thing. I mean, of course there's one person that's sick or injured, but it really becomes a family issue. Now you mentioned that you guys are a two household uh, or two income household. Mm-hmm. Well, if you were sick or injured and you couldn't work, well, your wife's probably going to have to step in and, and become your caregiver. So she's going to have a lot more responsibilities uh, just to make sure that you're you're taken care of. You have doctor's appointments. So it, that can impact her income as well. And now the entire household cash flow is suffering on both paychecks. Yeah, I didn't even think about that piece of it. Uh, and, and if she wasn't my primary caretaker, caregiver, whatever you want to call it, then we'd have to pay for somebody. Right. And so that, that's right. And again, that's right. that cuts right into her paycheck. That's right. Yeah. That's kind of grim. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be the most fun episode we've ever had, but it, I think it's important. So, because it, again, that, that impact that you feel, it's not always instant. Like some people think that, um, you know, if there's a disability, it's like you're in dire straits off the bat. There's certainly people that, that, that is the case. There's not much emergency money set aside. Uh, but there's other people, they won't, they won't feel the real impact of this for decades into the future. You know, maybe they have, you know, ample savings, they have retirement accounts. What ends up happening is they start to spend those assets down now mm-hmm. to deal with that budget deficit. And what it ends up doing is that puts them at risk later in life to run into money long before they run out of life. So in either case, it's devastating, right? But we just want to make sure that that ideally, that the perfect plan in my eyes is that your family doesn't lose one single dime just because you had health change, that your financial journey should be uninterrupted just because of a health change. 
Yeah. Well, I know that we spoke on a previous episode about long-term care and and kind of the odds and statistics around long-term care. And I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, you know, that it was a pretty high numbers, like 70%, right? People are going to be going into some sort of long-term care. What are the odds or statistics that somebody's going to experience a disability during their working years? Do you, do you have any idea on that? Yeah, we do have lots of stats on this. In fact, this is something that you can go and do a quick search on the uh, Social Security Administration website and read the statistics. In fact, there's another website called uh, disabilitycanhappen.org. And what both these sites will show you is that between the ages of 20 and 60, Social Security Administration says that the average worker has a one in four probability of being out of the workforce due to a health-related issue. And like I was saying earlier, a lot of people, again, they start thinking of like serious injuries, but a lot of the disability insurance claims that we see in the industry are, again, they're illness related. It's like 90% illness related. Mm. So these are things that affect like, like a lot of the long-term disability claims are things that affect the musculoskeletal disorder. So things like your, your back, your neck, your spine, hips, knees, shoulders, and other parts of the body. That's, that's a quarter of all long-term disability claims come from things like that. Cancers, 15%. Uh, injuries, so things like fractures, sprains, uh, strains of the muscles and ligaments, that's 12%. Mental health issues is about 9%. And you have heart attack, stroke, another 8%. So I, almost everybody can picture someone they know who has had one of those health ailments I just mentioned. All right? And when those things happen, again, health costs skyrocket, income tanks. So there's a, there's a lot of, that you have to be aware of when it comes to this, this kind of planning. So as far as stats go, uh, again, that one in four probability, th those are interesting stats, but they can be misleading. Because I think when we look at insurances, a lot of people say, hey, what's the probability this happens to me? Mm -hmm. And I think I shared in one of the early episodes that we had a client years ago get into a terrible car accident and he was sued. He was sued for seven figures and he lost. And when I tell that story with people, not many folks sit down and go, what's the probability that happens to me? Because the solution to that problem is very easy. A couple of easy tweaks you can make to your car insurance and you can really mitigate that risk. But those odds might be, you know, one in 20,000 or one in 30,000. But people don't think like, well, because the odds are low, I'm not going to protect myself because they think if I'm that one, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm protected. So the only, the only thing I like about this statistic in this case is that it just shows you that it is a high probability event. Okay, so mm -hmm. what I think people need to look at when it comes to the odds is that as an individual, the odds are really zero or 100%, meaning <laughs> this is either going to happen to you or it's not going to happen to you. And if it does happen to you, you need to have a game plan. Yeah, yeah. Well, earlier, uh, a little bit ago, you said that a lot of people think that they're covered through their work. Right. And you said that most people don't know what they've got or, or the extent of the coverage, or they just see some sort of coverage and they think they're going to be okay. Um, but that doesn't sound like that's the case. So explain to me that. What's that look like? Yeah. So most plans through an employer rarely pay, when you dig into the details, they rarely pay as much as people think for as long as they would like and under the circumstances that they want. So, the, there's two different buckets of disability insurance we're talking about here. There's short-term disability and there's long-term disability. So we're focusing today's conversation on long-term disability uh, because again, we're, we're looking at something that if you're out of work for, you know, maybe 60 days or 90 days, most employers, most larger employers, especially have a, a pretty good short-term disability plan. But even if they didn't, 
that's something I'm not recommending you go without this coverage, by the way, but that's something that you may have a shot of financially recovering from. But if you're out of work for five years, 10 years, the mm -hmm. rest of your career, that's something that is very difficult to come back from unless you have insurance. So when we look at these long-term disability plans, they all pay a percentage of your income. So I have, I've been in this business for 20 years and I have never seen a plan that is for long-term disability that covers 100% of somebody's income. Mm. Yet I've talked to dozens and dozens of people when we start to discuss their disability coverage, they go, oh yeah, I have 100% coverage to work. So that tells me they, they've read something, which is good, um, but they're confusing that short-term and that long-term plan. So the most common replacement percentage of income is 60%. Mm. Some will do 70%. That's about as high as we see typically from a long-term plan. But even that 60 or 70% is not what you think it is. A lot of times it only covers your basic pay. It won't cover things like bonuses. Okay. Hmm. But all of these plans eventually have a limit. So just start off with this. I think it's a pretty sobering thought to think, okay, if your income dropped by 40% overnight and it stayed that way for the next four or five years, I think that's pretty tough. Yeah. I'm not sure about you, Eric, not to put it in the spot, but a 40% pay cut probably hurts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, no, no doubt, especially now. I mean, we, we haven't even talked about inflation and, and, and all the stuff that's, that's happening. I don't know if these disability plans cover for inflation or, or, you know, interest rate rising or any of that other stuff. I mean, that's, that's tough right now for people that are making two paychecks normally. That's right. And in inflation, that's a key point because the vast majority of these plans, once they start paying you, once you're out on claim, they do not give you pay raises. Oh, geez. Good okay. Lord. And the other thing to, to look at here is there's caps on the benefits. And this is where something that we call reverse discrimination kicks in. And what that means is the more money you make, the smaller the portion of your income is being protected. So I'll just give you a quick example here. So take a plan that pays 60%, but it's 60% up to a $5,000 per month limit. Oh, gee, so Christmas. Some, yeah, somebody who's making $100,000 and they have 60%, that's five grand a month. But if somebody else in that same company is making $300,000, same exact plan, and they're disabled, they get the same $5,000. So that's only 20% of their income. So if a 40% of your income dropping would, would hurt, I think 80% would be just a complete nightmare. Yeah. I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> I, I actually expected it to, to kind of change with inflation and or not have that low of a cap. That's ridiculous. It, yeah. And it, that's where I think a lot of people are surprised. They go, wait a minute. What do you mean it's capped at X? I always thought I had a certain amount of coverage. Well, it's good to find this out now while you're still working, then learn this the hard way that after you have a health issue and you go to file a claim that it's a fraction of what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, well, let me ask you this because I've, I've actually also heard that there are certain things within policies, um, or maybe these are just the, the ones that cover work, um, that as long as you can do any type of work, you, you have to work. In other words, you, you could be a, you know, a COO of a company and something happens and you, you can no longer fulfill your responsibility there, but if you can be a greeter at Walmart, then that's what's expected of you. Right. This is where we get into the language of the policy. Oh boy. So we have to think about what not what does a disability mean to me? It's what does it mean to the insurance company? Yeah. Okay, so first off, I, th I think we all should all thank our employers that are giving us coverage in the first place. It's not free. They pay a lot of money for it. And not every employer does this. So if your employer is giving you coverage, I think that's a, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. 
right? But we have to think of this through the eyes of the insurance company. We have to think of this through the eyes of the employer. The insurance company is coming in and they're insuring, you know, in some cases, tens of thousands of workers they've never met before. They don't know exactly what their job duties are. They don't know exactly what their health status is. So they give a blanket policy that covers all workers and they have to protect themselves to some degree, right? So they have to say, we have to put a, a definition of disability in place so we know what a disability is. And it tends to be a little bit watered down. So it, it could read something like this. It might say something like, take the job that you were doing at the time of disability. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that job because of some kind of a sickness or an injury, and, and this is the key word here, and you are not working in any other capacity, then they consider you to be disabled. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. However, after two years, that definition typically changes. So at that point, they say, if your sickness or injury prevents you from being able to do any job, now that's whether you're working or not, but if you have the ability to do any job, then you're not considered disabled anymore. And that's where we see people, especially folks that are, that are highly trained, highly specialized, highly educated, that the more income they make, the tougher it is to meet that definition. Mm. So it might be that you know, maybe you're a, um, maybe you're an attorney, maybe you're a CPA, maybe you're an engineer. Well, you're a smart person. There's a lot of other things that you could do. It doesn't mean they can pay you anywhere near what your other career is paying you. Yeah. But the fact is if you have the ability to do other jobs, you might see that disability claim dry up. Mm. Man, it's uh, you really need to know the language. Right. I mean, that's what that's what that boils down to. It sounds like to me, you do. You have to know the language. And, you know, sometimes the way you read it isn't exactly the way it's interpreted from an insurance standpoint. So, you know, this is something it's so critical. I wouldn't I wouldn't play games with it and try and experiment on yourself and try and figure this out. Work with an expert. Yeah. You know, yeah. so whether that's us or somebody like us, just have somebody who's been trained in this area that understands these contracts, review your policy, walk you through how it works. We do stress tests for people all day long on here's your plan, here's exactly how it works. And we start to simulate in your financial plan what the impact would look like to your family. It's quick and easy, it takes like 15 minutes, but it really shows people with clarity one of two outcomes, either, hey, you're fine. If you had a severe disability, your plan can withstand that, you're gonna be okay, or their plan falls apart in like two seconds. Yeah. So if it's going to fall apart, then let's see what you can do about it. Okay. Let, let me ask you this because with life insurance, and, and I don't know a ton about all sorts of different types of insurance, but with life insurance, I know that you can have multiple policies. Um, I personally have multiple policies. So if, if I kick it, right, my wife's got at least two policies. She may have taken out a third. I don't know, Jim, but I've got at least two policies <laughs> that she will be able to uh, cash in on, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, to cover all the expenses that we have planned for you know, long-term, so on and so forth. If you have disability through work, your employer has, you know, has a policy in place for you. Are you able to get multiple policies for disability? Like, can you, can you buy your own policy that may pay in addition to what you have from your employer? How, how does that work? Absolutely. So when I look at protecting somebody's income, it's, it's like a three-legged stool. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the first leg of the stool is the coverage that you get through your employer. Okay. That's great. The second leg of the stool is getting private coverage. So getting a personal policy that you own outside of work. That's important for several reasons. It's not just to get your coverage level up to you know a much higher percentage, maybe even 100% of your income. 
but it's something that you own and it travels with you from job to job. And if you go to the next job and that employer doesn't have any coverage at all, well, at least you have that personal policy. And a lot of times we'll put in place a provision where you can increase your coverage over time, even if you had a health change, hmm. but it changes the employment, it changes the income, it allows you to go back to the policy and make it larger. And then the third leg of the stool, and this is for people who don't own a business. We'll get to the business owners in a minute. The third leg of the stool is you have to also protect the cash flow that you're saving for the future. Yeah. So money that you're putting inside your 401k plan, for example, and the match the employer is giving you, you can actually ensure those contributions. Really? So it, it's, it, it's amazing because now you take your income, you know, if someone's making, um, it really doesn't matter the, the number, we'll look at the percentages, but if they're saving for the future and they're saving, you know, 10 to even maybe 20% of their income for the future, that means they're really living on 80 to 90% of their income. Mm -hmm. So if we can have a policy that gives them cash and their paycheck feels just like the, this, just like the paycheck they have from work, but now it's a disability check. They haven't experienced any cash flow changes at home, but that 10 to 20% that they're saving for the future and their employer is giving them, that can be insured and go into a trust fund for you so that when you reach the age of 65, when you would have otherwise retired, you're largely, you have no impact against your, your mm -hmm. wealth accumulation for retirement. So those are the three legs of the, of the personal stool. Wow. So business owners, we'll touch on this briefly and we'll probably come back to it in a little bit, but business owners, not only do they have a paycheck that they provide for their family that should still be protected like everybody else, but what if they recover and they go back to work? We want to make sure that you go back to your business and that business is still strong and viable and healthy. So making sure that the overhead expenses that you have personally that you're liable for, those can be insured. Uh, we can make sure that your debts are paid. You have cash flow coming in to hire a replacement temporarily. And if your disability is permanent and you never come back, you can even get coverage to facilitate a buyout. So that mm -hmm. full value of that business, while it was nice and healthy, can be received by your family if you're going to be walking away from your company permanently. So it's the same concept. It's just different responsibilities that the business owner has and different pressures they have. Those can all be insured against a disability. Okay. So in your opinion, you've, you've spoken with thousands and thousands of people, um, you know, I'm sure in just in, in the line of work that you do, and this obviously, obviously comes up as part of the conversation, why aren't people looking at this? Uh, why aren't they taking the steps to improve the coverage that they have uh, if they have either very little or, or none at all? It's, it's really for three reasons, and it, it's always these three. Number one is knowledge. There's a lot of people listening to this that are going, I've never heard of this. I had no idea. So it's just not knowing what we don't know. So once people understand this and knowledge, that gap has been, has been solved. There's only two other reasons that get in the way. It's number one is cost. If it's unaffordable, that puts you in a tough spot. Now you have to play that game of, is this going to happen to me? Probably, probably not. And it's just a bad place to be because you know, none of us know for sure what, what's going to happen. So if the cost was zero, like it didn't take one penny out of your pocket, Eric, how much coverage do you think everybody would own if it was free? 1000%. <laughs> you just get all of it, right? You just like everything, load up yeah. the truck, give me everything I'm eligible for and you would just take it, but it's not free. Yep. So we spend a lot of time looking at ways to either reduce the cost or ways that you can you know, minimize it out of pocket costs or look for discount options. Uh, more importantly, I like to look for ways that you can offset the cost completely or even recover that cost later in life. 
That puts the client in the driver's seat and makes it so much easier to make decisions focusing on what you want versus what can you kind of skate by with. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's important to not just look at disability insurance in a bubble. I think you need to look at this as part of a, a comprehensive plan because that's a lot of times where we find those cash flow opportunities. There may be another part of your balance sheet that there are some inefficiencies and you're just leaking cash flow and don't even realize it. That if we had a little bucket to catch those cash flow leaks, that could offset the, the premiums for the disability insurance. So the cost issues never, I, I don't see it being a big problem with most families that we work with or most businesses we work with, we're able to find the cash flow pretty easily. But the number one thing, even when somebody really wants the coverage and they have the cash flow, and this one, unfortunately, there's not much you can do about it, is health. Hmm. When, you, when you go to a large employer, you are grouped in with everybody else. And on average, all the employees of that company are considered healthy in the eyes of the insurance company. When you elect to get your own personal policy, and kind of raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to be evaluated for this. You become a risk pool of one. Yeah. Meaning, they're going to look at you. They're going to look at your job. They want to know your job duties. They're going to look at your health history. They're going to look at your driving record, things like that. So we call this underwriting. And underwriting sometimes is difficult, especially if somebody has uh, you know, a prior health history that's, that's fairly severe. So... You know, I think you have to go into it realistically. You know, I like to sit with my clients and just talk through their health history if they're comfortable to get an understanding of, of what's going on because it's not uncommon to have a policy come back that's approved, but it has some limitations based on pre-existing conditions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Other times there's risks that are uninsurable. And that doesn't mean that hope is lost and, and you, you just can't get this ever. It just means that for that type of policy, you may not be able to get it. So we have to look at this and, and think about, you know, what are some creative ways to get that good, high-quality policy, which we'll talk about what that means in a minute. Um, but is there a way to kind of sidestep the underwriting process? Mm. So health, you know, it's, someone told me this years ago. They said, you know, we all have a health warranty, and eventually every warranty for everybody expires. So the key is get this stuff while your health is still good before your health warranty expires and you have a, a change that comes out of nowhere, and then you can't get this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that we're getting low on time for, for this podcast specifically. I know there's a couple other things you wanted to touch on. What else do we need to know, really? Just a couple other things. I mean, when you, when you think of, of personal coverage, private coverage that you pick up on your own, mm -hmm. the, the quality is very different from the policy you get through work. So it's not just about getting your coverage up to perhaps 100% of your, of your pay, but what a disability means in a personal policy can be radically different. So we have you know, companies that we deal with where their policy says that if your sickness or injury impacts your ability to do the job you're doing currently, even if you're working someplace else, they still consider you to be disabled and you're still eligible for that claim. Wow. And it stays that way forever. And you can get pay raises on your benefits. You can bump your coverage up over time, but also it covers partial disabilities. So this is really important for people um, I would just mention some careers I did a few earlier, things like accounting or legal or you know, people that are in sales, anything where if you're out of work for a while, it's not just about having your cash flow, but what if your health recovers? What if you go back to that same job or that same business? Just because you're back full time, it does not mean your income rockets back to the way it was before your health changed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think of somebody like a, like a dentist or a lawyer that you know, took years to build their, build their business. 
Well, if you're out for two or three years, where are your clients going? Where are your patients going? They're going elsewhere. Yeah. So when you come back to work, it might take you years to rebuild your business, even though you're fully healthy. So some of the strongest policies in the industry will continue to pay you, not just when you're, until your health recovers, but it'll pay you until your finances recover. And that's, that could be a lifesaver for, a, um, you know, for somebody who owns a business or is in some kind of an occupation where their income can fluctuate wildly based on, on sales. So the one thing I want to mention is when you, when you look at this, if you own a business or you are close and can influence the decision makers at a business, I want you to listen up here because this is where we can be creative with underwriting. There's a type of, of policy out there called multi-life disability. And it is the same high quality personal policy that we've just talked about, but you're able to get group buying power. So what this means is that you, know, you might have like, for example, a law firm that has, you know, four or five attorneys that are all key to this business that their paycheck is important to them and they want to protect that paycheck. But maybe there's some people in the group that have some health issues. If they go out on their own and try and apply for a policy, they may get declined or have a really watered down policy. What the multi-life chassis allows them to do is go ahead and buy that personal policy. They do so at a pretty substantial discount that is permanent. So even if they get fired from the firm, they get to keep their policy, but they avoid the underwriting challenges that they would otherwise face. Mm -hmm. So there's just a couple of very, very basic questions that they have to answer, none of which are health related. And, uh, and they're able to get approved for that policy and now it's theirs. So we've had a lot of uh, businesses, you know, especially smaller businesses, that have been able to take care of their people and themselves as owners uh, with just some creative underwriting and get this critical coverage without having any of the any of the headaches. Wow, that's that's powerful, man. That's that's a great great tip. All right, let's close this out. What do we need to know in summary? Well, I think this is something that um, folks need to treat seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not something we think is going to happen to us. In fact, every single person that I have processed a disability claim for, you know, every single one of them did not think this would ever happen to them. And every claim that I've personally processed with my clients, every single one so far has been illness related. I haven't anybody that got hurt in the job, nothing like that. It's all been illness. So if you still want a hundred percent of your paycheck, even if you have a health change, then I think it's, it's time to, you know, treat this seriously, dive into the policy, understand what's going on and just run a stress test on your plan. And again, whether that's with us or somebody like us, this is not a long process. You're looking at 15 to 20 minutes worth of effort to find out what you have and what you don't have. Um, we have an amazing disability insurance department in our firm. Uh, it's one of the deepest benches in the industry. So we have a lot of resources for you if you want some help in this area. So easy way to reach out to us. You can go to our website, www.mcgovernwealth.com, or you can send us an email, info at mcgovernwealth.com. And uh, just let us know what, um, you know, what you're thinking and, and we'll schedule a time. We'll go through what you have and, and help you out. All right. Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm hoping Jim, that people are reaching out to you and changing their situation because again, we, we all like to be thinking very positively. This is not going to happen to me, but the reality is it's going to happen to like a quarter of us is kind of what, what I'm hearing from you. So um, people just need to be prepared. So thank you so much for your time today. I learned a ton, uh, some new things that I didn't know. And I'm sure the audience did as well. And of course, we want to thank you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast with Jim McGovern. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. 
And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review as this does actually help other people find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at McGovern Wealth Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Maximizing Outcomes podcast brought to you by Jim McGovern and the McGovern Wealth Group. Be sure to follow the show to be notified when new episodes become available. To suggest a topic or guest for a future episode or learn more about how we can help to maximize outcomes in your life, visit our website at www.mcgovernwealth.com. This podcast is intended for general public use and is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or McGovern Wealth Group, and opinions stated are their own. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Jim McGovern is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. McGovern Wealth Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. CA Insurance License Number 0F67329. AR Insurance License Number 7119103. California Insurance License Number 0F67329. Arkansas Insurance License Number 7119103. Compliance Number 2022-142503 expires August 2024.